The Dakota, a description of one of the most perfect apartment houses of the world. From the New York Times, dated October 22, 1884, recorded for LibriVox.org by Leanne Howlett. From the Daily Graphic, Wednesday, September 10th. Probably not one stranger out of fifty who ride over the elevated roads or on either of the rivers does not ask the name of the stately building which stands west of Central Park between 72nd and 73rd Streets. If there is such a person, the chances are that he is blind or nearsighted. The name of the building is the Dakota Apartment House, and it is the largest, most substantial, and most conveniently arranged apartment house of the sort in this country. It stands on the crest of the West Side Plateau, on the highest portion of land in the city, and overlooks the entire island and the surrounding country. From the east, one has a bird's-eye view of Central Park. The Reservoir Castle and the picturesque lake, the museums, and the mall are all shown at a glance. From this point also can be seen Long Island Sound in the distance, and the hills of Brooklyn. From the north one looks down on High Bridge and the tall reservoir tower, which looks as slender as a needle. From the west can be seen the Palisades, the Orange Mountains, and the broad Hudson, which narrows into a silver thread as the double row of hills close together far away in the distance. Looking south one sees the tall towers of Brooklyn Bridge, Governor's Island, and far beyond the green hills of Staten Island and the blue waters of the lower bay. Every prominent landmark in the landscape can be distinguished from this location, and the great buildings of the lower city are as prominently marked as if the sightseer were floating over the island in a balloon. At this elevation, every breeze which moves across Manhattan from any direction is felt. This is a feature which needs no emphasis to make attractive such stifling days as these. The building is of the Renaissance style of architecture, built of buff brick, with carved Nova Scotia freestone trimmings and terracotta ornamentation. Although there is a profusion of ornament in the shape of bay and octagon windows, niches, balconies, and balustrades with spandrels and panels and beautiful terracotta work and heavily carved cornices, the size and massive construction of the edifice prevent any appearance of superfluity. The building is about 200 feet square and 10 stories high, the upper two stories being in the handsome mansard roof which, with its peaks and gables, surmounted by ornate copper work, cresting and finials, and relieved by dormer and oriel windows, gives the entire structure an air of lightness and elegance. The construction is of the most massive character, and the aim of the owners has been to produce a building monumental in solidity and perfectly fireproof. The brick and mason work is of unusual weight, the walls being in some places four feet thick, and the partitions and flooring have iron beams and framing, filled in with concrete and fireproof material. On the 73rd Street side, there is a handsome doorway, and on the 72nd Street front, a fine arched carriage entrance with groined roof and elegant stone carving. Both entrances lead into the inner court, from which four separate passages afford access to the interior of the building. From the ground floor, four fine bronze staircases, the metalwork beautifully wrought, and the walls wainscoted in rare marbles and choice hard woods, and four luxuriously fitted elevators of the latest and safest construction, afford means of reaching the upper floors. The ladies' sitting room, adjoining the staircase in the southeast corner, would be decorated by the Mrs. Greater X, 
a guarantee that the work upon it will be artistic and unconventional. There are four iron staircases and four elevators enclosed in massive brick walls and extending from the cellar to the kitchens and servants' quarters in the upper stories, separate from the rest of the house, which can be used for domestic purposes, carrying furniture, merchandise, etc. There are electric bells to each elevator and a complete system of electric communication throughout the house. The building is in four great divisions, which enclose a courtyard as large as half a dozen ordinary buildings. This gives every room in the house light, sunshine, and ventilation. Under this courtyard is the basement, into which lead broad entrances for the use of tradesmen's teams. Here are situated the most interesting portions of the building, or at least the most novel ones. The floor is of asphaltum, as dry and hard as rock. This basement, also, has a courtyard as large as the one above, and lighted by two huge latticed manholes, which look like a couple of flower beds in the stone flooring. Off of this yard are the storerooms of the house, in which the management will store the furniture and trunks of the tenants, free of charge. A porter is assigned to this duty alone. The rooms are all marble-floored, lighted and heated, and accessible at all hours of the day or night. The rooms of the servants are also on this floor. These consist of separate dining and toilet rooms for the male and female servants, and a male reading and smoking room. These are not for the personal servants of the tenants, but for the general help of the management, which will not number far from a hundred and fifty persons. The laundry, kitchen, pantry, and bake shops, and private storerooms are here also, for the owners combine a hotel with the apartment house, and furnish eating facilities for all the tenants of the building who prefer it on the table de haute plan. Opening from the lower court, and extending under the open ground in the rear of the building, a large vault, 150 feet long, 60 feet wide, and 18 feet deep, is now being excavated. When finished, it will contain the steam boilers, steam engines, etc., for hoisting, pumping, etc., and the dynamos for supplying electric illumination in the Dakota and adjoining 27 houses. The vault will be roofed with iron beams and brick-filling arches and made flush with the land in the rear of the building, 225 feet deep, which will be laid out as a garden. The boilers, with the furnaces, machinery, etc., will thus be located outside the walls of the building, safely remote. The first floor contains the dining rooms, which are finished in a perfect manner. In this case, these words really mean something. The floors are of marble and inlaid. The base of the walls is of English quartered oak carved by hand. The upper portions are finished in bronze base-relief work, and the ceilings are also quartered oak, beautifully carved. The effect is that of an old English baronial hall, with the dingy massiveness brightened and freshened without losing any of its richness. The effect is heightened by a large Scotch brownstone engraved fireplace, which ornaments the center of the room. The business office has oral communication with every portion of the house, and the wants of the tenants can be attended to as quickly as can be done by human ingenuity and a perfectly arranged service. In addition to the four staircases mentioned before, which are finished in bronze and marble, there are four iron staircases for servants, four passenger elevators, and four servants' elevators. The Dakota will be divided into 65 different suites of apartments, each containing from 4 to 20 separate rooms, so that accommodations can be furnished either for bachelors or for large families. There is an air of grandeur and elegance not only about the halls and stairways, but also about the separate apartments that cannot probably be found in any other house of this kind in the country. The parlors, in some instances, are 25 by 40 feet, 
with other rooms in proportion, and there are in many cases private halls to the suites furnished with fine bronze mantles, tiled hearths, and ornamental open fireplaces. The parlors, libraries, reception, and dining rooms are all cabinet-trimmed, paneled, and wainscoted in mahogany, oak, and other attractive and durable woods, and are furnished with carved buffets and mantles, mirrors, tiled hearths and open great fireplaces and parquet floors. The kitchens are spacious and provided with ranges, with ventilation hoods, all with minton tiled facing and marble wainscoting. There are porcelain wash tubs, large storerooms and closets, and butler's pantries, equipped in the most complete manner, and each suite has its private bathrooms and closets, fitted with the most approved scientific sanitary appliances. The plumbing and hygienic arrangements are fully equal to anything in this country. On the top story are six tanks, holding 5,000 gallons of water each, and supplied by steam pumps having a daily capacity of 2 million gallons and about 200 miles of pipe have been used in effecting its circulation. Not only in the sanitary appliances, but in every other department, there is a completeness that is surprising. The precautions taken to secure proper ventilation in a pure atmosphere, to ensure safety to occupants in cases of fire or panic, and to extinguish fire are perfect. When opened, the comfort and convenience of the guests will be further ensured by the accommodations of the dining rooms, laundry, and barber's shop, run to the most improved plan in connection with the building. It is the perfection of the apartment style of living and guarantees to the tenants comforts which would require unlimited wealth to procure in a private residence. The wisest precautions have been taken to ensure freedom from the ordinary cares of the household to the fortunate tenants. For instance, the coal and kindling wood are purchased by the manager in large quantities and sold to the tenants, who take in exchange for their money tickets which are presented at the office, and the fuel is carried to their rooms in convenient quantities, thereby saving the user from any of the necessary troubles in buying and storage. This may seem like a small matter, but it is only one of the hundred plans taken by the owners to secure the comfort of the tenants. It is almost needless to state that the building is as nearly fireproof as any which can be erected. There are continuous passageways extending through the four divisions on the roof, ninth, eighth, and first stories. On the tenth floor there is provision for a playroom and gymnasium for the children, well lighted and ventilated and commanding a grand view of the city and surroundings, while on the ninth floor there will be extra servants' rooms, private laundries and drawing rooms, dormitories for transient male and female servants and attaches of the building, and lavatories, toilet rooms, and bathrooms for their use. The work on both the Dakota and the neighboring apartment house and private dwellings owned by the estate has been done not only in the most careful manner, but with a view to permanence and convenience and to symmetry as well as beauty of appearance. The greatest skill and experience and the best materials large means could command have been employed, and the manner in which the work in each department has been done reflects the greatest credit on those entrusted with it, especially upon the architect, Mr. H. J. Hardenberg, who has supervised the work from its commencement to its now rapidly approaching completion. Both the Dakota, the private residences, and the smaller apartment house are now ready for occupation, and we need hardly comment on the peculiar attractions they will possess for those who have experienced a desire for an eligible residence on the west side. The natural and artificial attributes of the position are all in favor of the buildings, which for comfort, ample space, salubrity, convenience, and accessibility cannot be excelled, and a glance at our description will suffice to show that everything skill could furnish, ingenuity and experience suggest has been supplied. 
The managers of the Clark estate, the owners of the property, are well known for their fairness and liberality to tenants, and every care will be taken to ensure comfort and well-being. The rents are moderate when compared with the accommodations furnished, and those desiring to secure either dwellings or apartments can examine plans, etc., and make arrangements at the office of the estate, at number 25, West 23rd Street, New York. End of article. This recording is in the public domain.